pronounce your name correctly for me? My name is Martinez Petriques, and I am originally from Lithuania. So, obvious question, what brought you from Lithuania to work here in Reykjavik? Well, it was rather very um, unexpected <laughs> because uh, I won a Young Painter Prize in Lithuania, which uh, was already uh, almost 10 years ago. And um, I participated in a project and uh, a part of the prize for the winner is always a residency abroad and a stipendium. So when I won the prize, because it wasn't announced uh, where uh, a winner will be sent, <laughs> and then they told it, uh, yeah, you're gonna go to Iceland. They said, you're just gonna go somewhere? Yeah. And your luck of that year happened exactly. to be Iceland. Yes. Okay. So I was like, oh my God, why Iceland? You know, <laughs> it's a painter's project, like for the painters, you know, for, for uh, emerging young painters. I was like, why Iceland? You know, why not like somewhere beneath uh, Florence, you know, well, the <laughs> old masters was born and, and, and everything. So, yeah. So I think from that moment, I, um, I already understood that I'm going to have a very unique experience here. And that was my ticket to Iceland, basically. And that was how many years ago? So almost 10 years. Okay. Side note, I didn't even know you were an artist in and of yourself. So like, so you had you won this painting award. Obviously, you probably went to some schooling in Lithuania. Yeah. We'll get back to that too. But like, so now that you're living in another country, are you continuing to be a practicing artist? Actually, not uh, in the past years. Uh, especially when the COVID hit uh, everybody sure. and the amounts of work has increased and uh, especially with the residency of course <laughs> like all of us we had to face it so I had to put uh, my personal artistic practice on the side. It happens a lot throughout yes, a career absolutely. like you know like, there are times like you know if I've been I've never said this on the podcast before. I've been kind of depressed for the past like year or so, yes. COVID related, yes. so on, so on, trickle down. And I have not been able to work. Mm. You know, I, I have ideas and I'm planning to get back to work. But like there are times in our careers where it's like you, you it just can't do it. You can't no. juggle those things you have to do for money and with the ability to have that artistic expression. Absolutely. And I always like that to focus myself 100% in my work in my practice you know and if there is anything else bothering you on the side or if there is more tension at work you know so you get home after working hours you know you still keep on thinking about the work instead of starting to think about your own artistic practice but then as well there were very interesting turnouts when I started to work with the residency program you know, reading all the applications and artists very often asking me as well, like, oh, Martinez, do you like still keeping up or like, what are you doing, you know, and, or like, why did you stop, you know? I said, well, you know, reading through the year around six to 700 applications, you know, and then you start to question your own practice and you start to think is like, is it my own mind? Is it my own ideas? Or it is something what I already read? 
I totally agree. I do portfolio reviews online for Lens Culture, the lensculture.com. They do you know, uh, competitions and they get free portfolio reviews. And I do this, and every now and then I'm like, I'm working in the studio and I'm like, fuck, that's just like that work that I reviewed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it, I can't let myself take on their ideas. Absolutely. It's hard like to, it to come up with, well, coming up with a new idea. A, that's hard. But B, doing it when your job is to read other people's exactly. ideas yes. is it makes it very difficult to separate that sometimes yes. yes and a lot of people don't understand that like anybody who doesn't do basically have that position doesn't understand that you know like i'm a teacher so like i get inspiration from my students and then i'm like oh shit did i steal something from my exactly students? it's my students work that's what you would think in the in the in university was like did you saw you our teachers like last works they look like yours kind of a similar you know and but uh, these things, of course, happening probably naturally. You know, you 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 don't think about it. You know, but your probably brains just has absorbed so much of the data in it that it starts to just reflect it. You know, and you start just to think that it's a, kind of your own thoughts. And uh, yes, and reading through the so many applications as well, that you see that there are so many artists who go in totally same mindsets, totally same ideas, concepts, even uh, uh, in a source of the techniques or 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 or. or. Yes. I I always find it depressing when I read something that like basically they took an idea that I had and they did it so much better than well, I that's, ever that's would have done. That could be true as well. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like oh. Yeah. That's so depressing. Exactly. It's like disappointing. You're just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but let's take a step back. So like we've sort of gotten into it a bit too much. So you are the like project manager for the residencies. Give us a little sort of background on sort of what that position exactly is. So uh, four years ago, I took over a SIEM residency in Reykjavik. And my position is called a SIEM residency project manager. So, this residency. Seem, but so like, uh, just to give a sort of a structural understanding, mm -hmm. seem is a is a, more or less what I understand. Keep in mind, mm -hmm. I, I'm working off of like just what other people have said to me, so I might be wrong or what I've read online. <laughs> so it seems to be sort of a what they're calling like a union as a, as an organization. We are visual, of, visual artists association. It's not it's not like a union. Okay. Uh, because unions a bit work in a different source of, but uh, we are a Iceland's Visual Artists Associ Association, <laughs> and uh, and that's yeah, a difficult word. <laughs> I was going to say so many little subtle because exactly. there's association, there's societies, there then there's potentially even a union, which I don't think there are any here though. Unions? unions? Oh, there are a lot of unions. There are, yeah. unions. There are a lot of Do, labor are, unions. Are there I mean, guilds as well too? Just uh, like, yes. Okay. Okay. And uh, and so yeah, and SIEM uh, residency is uh, established by SIEM Visual Artists Association, and it is a very big part of the all activities that SIEM takes over. All right, so the residency, I think you have multiple residency locations that yes. you oversee. So like, what, where are they? Because like, I would imagine they're not in Reykjavik proper. Uh, we actually, I would say what is unique about our residency that uh, applicants, they can choose uh, in between two locations. One of them is in Reykjavik downtown, which is, we call it Selevegur, it's in Selevegur street. And uh, the other one is a bit on the side of the Reykjavik, it takes like 45 minutes for the city bus. 
Okay. Uh, one Direction, and it is a corpus that it's in an old farm. So two different locations, very different characters of the residency. One is, it is not kind of a, you, you would not say that it's a remote, but it is on the side. So it's automatically on the side of the city. So it is automatically or naturally more quiet, more peaceful, uh, much more closer to the nature uh, feeling. And uh, and in downtown, of course, well, it's basically, we are the only one residency in Reykjavik city for the visual artists, if you would uh, state this way. And uh, and uh, it's more crowded, more busy, <laughs> uh, because it's in a city. So two different types, two different experiences, and the artists definitely can choose what's the best for them. Now, I know almost nothing about these exact residencies. Now, I know you have an association with Scottsfell, which I've spoken to people associated with that. What's your relationship with them? With Skaftafell, well, we don't have a direct uh, connection with the residencies. Okay. But of course, because we are a same visual artist association, so uh, association is connected or have a friendship connections with the Skaftafell and with many other uh, artists um, or run spaces or with the, uh, for example, in Akureyri as well with our center. So. Okay, so we won't talk about them. That, no. That's fine. So... <laughs> So these residencies that you offer now, so like in my romantic yes. mind, which is of course stupid, so bear with me, is that a residency is a place where there's some resources, some opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. So like what could a person who's applying to a residency here sort of expect? Are there are there tools, workshops, studios, or is it space, time? Like what, what are the, the sort of the benefits of these particular residency opportunities? So we primarily offer a time and a place or space for the uh, international artists. And uh, in each residence apartment, we have uh, uh, planned a uh, room studios, as we call it, or slash studio, where artists live in the same room and work. And of, yes, and of course... Wait, wait, multiple artists in the same room? No, I mean, we, we have, for example... Okay, let, let, me, let me clear it out. <laughs> I'm thinking like I'm, like I'm talking hostile. about how it's designed, the room. To clear it out even more, going backwards. Uh, so in Selvagur, in downtown uh, residency apartment, we have 11 room studios. In Korpusadir, which is a farm, we have seven. Okay. Right. And in each apartment, we offering uh, a different options. So, for example, if there is a visual artist painter applying and he definitely knows that he wants to work with uh, paintings, not only, let's say, sketches or just uh, doing um, researches, just, you know, connecting, collecting information and data. So then we have a one room that is uh, connected together with separated studio. And we have one room inside of a group as well that it is for a couple's artists, like let's say a starting family, or could be as well to duo artists like co-artists that collaborate and they want to share the same space. Side note on that, you brought up families. What about uh, children? Are they sort of allowed, encouraged? That is a very big issue, I would say, in Iceland. And it's not only in Iceland, actually. Uh, there yeah. are so little 
residencies for for the families and uh, for the artist families. Yes. And uh, uh, I know there are there are one in um, in Finland. At least that's what I heard. Uh, probably maybe there are something in in Sweden and and in Norway. I know of one in France as well. So that's what you see. You have very well to think about it, and then you just like maybe you will come up with some location with some place. I know that I think in Gulkistan, other residency in, in Iceland. They they used to sometimes as well uh, facilitate artists with the with the children with the, uh, but unfortunately we are not capable of it and there is uh, huge uh, matters of the issues and and the safety regulations from the from the ministry, and of course because the residency apartments uh, are um, structured that there is a shared kitchen, and the shared common places so thinking in terms of the safety for the children as well and uh, the artist studios exactly not the safest places <laughs> absolutely for you kids. know so there are so many steps and uh, so unfortunately we cannot offer a residency for uh, for families with the children you know it's fine now how long are these residencies as a general whole i'm sure they vary a little bit you asking uh, how for how long artists can apply it for the residency program or how, How long, long do they last? So the yes. one month, three so, months, six uh, months? We allow artists to, uh, the shortest is for one month mm-hmm. stay and the longest is for three months. And artists, uh, because we have around 30% of artists who always return to our residency to continue with the projects. And uh, and uh, so artists can reapply it and uh, be accepted for free times. And then they can stay in a waiting list if they wish to come back for a fourth or fifth time. We even have such artists. And then if no one else is uh, participating in a room, we have a better project. And then, of course, they can even participate in the residence program for more times. I've often wondered, like, because when keep in mind, so like, I'm coming to this from the perspective of a practicing artist, and yes. I really want to know a lot about like how decisions are made, choices are made. So, when applying, would we, as the person applying, say, I want one month, or is it where you all decide we believe this project needs three months? So the. Uh, we have open call twice per year because we are not planning or predicting residency for for not longer than half a year ahead. And uh, the application form is on our website, uh, which is very easy to fill it up. We actually have made it uh, less complicated for the artists because very often artists found it very difficult. Love that. Appreciate uh, all that. The, all you. those <laughs> to go through all those steps. So it's actually a pretty, a pretty easy form. Uh, thanks for our web designer as well. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so in the application form, artists can uh, choose the month when they want to participate in a residency program. They have uh, free proposals, free pre-selections, like the primarily first as, as a first wish, as a second wish, and as a third wish. And then artists as well, they choose a location where they want to stay, either in downtown Sredebegur or in Korpusadir. And uh, for how long? For one month or for three months? Okay, so the artist sort of chooses what Absolutely. they're looking for. Yes. And and how is this? Who is this funded for? By so like, what? So if an artist was accepted, 
what are they expected to pay for versus what is offered through some funding models? So we are nonprofit as uh, anyone else in Iceland. There are no 100% granted residency through the whole the year. If the residency uh, do not apply uh, for sort of grants, like for example, uh, support for the uh, Nordic residencies. And uh, luckily we uh, succeeded for this year. So next, uh, next year in January, we're planning uh, to release an open call pretty soon uh, for seven artists or curators. So that's going to be a chance to participate in fully granted residency. Nice. Uh, but that's only going to be seven artists right? out of almost 200 that we receive per year. <laughs> yeah, that's a big number. <laughs> you know, I, 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 yeah, that's one of the, you know, it's funny. That's one of the things that like, again, me as an outsider, like look, I'm, yes. I'm always like looking at residencies and thinking, but how many other people are applying? <laughs> you know, like what are my actual percentage chances? So like, Absolutely. so you're saying seven out of 200 so that's a three and a half percent chance of five of, of receiving the fully funded version of the grant yes it's pretty low yes. but <laughs> well, pretty that, 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 absolutely but that is probably some other discussions it's uh how much interest showing the uh um a minister of the culture in in iceland and cetera and cetera so this is i would say a bit uh, on a side discussion <laughs> And the political issues as well in it. Well, I was um, going to say that's one of my pet peeves about yes. the like when it comes to some great opportunity like a residency that is seemingly and keep in mind I may have this wrong for somewhat funded by like the Ministry of Culture kind of thing here yes. that politics gets involved. I really hate that politics gets Absolutely. involved in the arts. Like yes. I don't think it should be. Period. <laughs> Absolutely. But yet it is. And it affects a lot, actually, everyone's. I used to run a nonprofit. I used to run a public sculpture program. So, like, I dealt with politics and all this kind of stuff. And, like, and like one year I went to try and get funding and it happened to be an election year. Mm. Oh, and then everything collapsed, God. probably. And you had a, almost a strokes thinking who is going to be elected will be keep on receiving the same support or is going to get worse or better yes absolutely correct absolutely. yes it, and it was it's it's very unfortunate that i feel that those things are connected in my opinion like i like i mean other things in the arts aren't as connected as that with politics and i find it very unfortunate like i mean i grew up in washington dc you know mm -hmm. the hub of american mm -hmm. politics i purposely went into the arts to get away from politics and then only to find out decades later that politics is actually still involved in it. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Whenever you're going to turn, whatever you're going to... Uh, yes, they are always there. <laughs> oh, so sad. But anyway. Yes. So getting back to the residency fees. Yes. So we have a fees. And if, as I mentioned, we are non-profit. And because we don't own none of the houses... So, okay, wait, little yes. nuanced thing. You keep using the term nonprofit. Is it NGO or nonprofit? NGO. Okay. Because in America it seems to be the word nonprofit. Europe seems to use the word NGO. I don't know if there's a difference. 
well, it's just uh, probably that's kind of the same turnout on meaning that we are not trying to earn out of this. We are not making business out of it. <laughs> well, but you have to pay yourselves. Well, that's what that's what we mean. That all the costs that we calculated or put together for the residency apartments and to run the residency program. Then later we just dividing into the rooms or per uh, artist uh, participating per month for the for the residency so that where it comes the fee but and of course and the same fee is included you know and the wi-fi in a house and the electricity and the heating uh Trash, all, water, uh, exactly all all, all the, uh, the basic living cost is already covered in the same fee so the artists when they are arriving for one or for three months they at least don't have to think that they will need to spend additional monies for it well, I mean, it, 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 while Iceland is stunning, like because I've taken some time and gone out around the, the island, yes. like it's a beautiful place. Absolutely. It, it for most people in the world. So, like, as I'm thinking, America's Canada, even you know, far southern Europe's and places like this, it's reasonably difficult to get here. I mean, is that something that you run into where people are like, "I would love to come to this, but it's kind of expensive for the flights and all this." I mean. So I would say that what all the residencies uh, facing here in Iceland or the and the artists who want to participate in residency program that the costs actually are very high. And uh, it's not like when you're in the middle of the Europe, you know, that you can use maybe a train and maybe flights are more cheaper. Uh, they are less effect for the uh, high touristic seasons, lower touristic seasons. But here, the only way to get is uh, just by taking a plane. Well, we have sometimes an artist that they uh, just take a ferry, let's say from Denmark, you know, mm -hmm. and they come in with their own car. But that's very rarely. It's basically one, two artists per uh, per year or something, and uh, and uh, and that increases the the cost for artists like um, incredibly, especially like summer seasons, or as well thinking of the year. Uh, what is the economical effect in general? Or, for example, we, uh, as I'm saying, <laughs> when I started to work, I got to face this gradual collapse. <laughs> uh, I think it was 2018 or 19 when the Huawei, the uh, airline, uh, they bankrupt. Oh, yes. The, yeah. the, the cheap, uh, um, uh, the, the low fare uh, Airlines and a lot of uh, artists, uh, of course, used it. I used the new version of it to come here. All right, today. Play, <laughs> so it's kind of re reborn. Called. but yeah. Uh, And yeah, so already then we received a uh, numerous amounts of the cancellations, you know, mm. because, for example, some other companies, they uh, benefit from it. They over the night, they almost increased the uh, flight tickets uh, double or, <laughs> or et cetera, et cetera. So those... Uh, difficulties definitely artists has to face it and they they have to apply for funds for from the local uh, government to look for the support for it because neither we have as well uh, additional uh, grants that we could offer for the international artists to come and participate in our residency so applying artists they have to look and seek their own uh, funding it's fair but uh, does the residency run all year round? Because it gets yes. quite cold and dark. 
Well, we we are in Reykjavik, so <laughs> uh, connections between the airport and in general uh, in the city is uh, everything is well and, and great. Uh, always uh, plenty of tourists, no matter which uh, season of the year. So uh, we run residency program uh, through the year. We used to a couple of years ago, but probably that is what we're facing a a consequence of the global warming. Uh, we used to have a corpus that closed for free um, winter month, but because uh, we see less snow uh, through past years, so we already two years have uh, and uh, and the corpus that are uh, running fully through the year. Wow, that dramatically different worth of global warming can be seen here. Seen, absolutely yes. Yeah. We can we can see this effect. Because you know, I don't live here and I don't see like year to year kind of things like like global warming kind of things, but like up here in Scandinavia, I would imagine like these kinds of global warming things are look like they're happening seemingly very fast. And uh, especially in Reykjavik, like you know, a couple of years, like in November, which actually should be already kind of snow showing up, or even though if it if it snows, it's very little, it melts very fast. So last winter, we just start to seeing some snow coming around February, March, you know. Wow, that's late. That's late for anywhere. Yes, and then with the, <laughs> with the storms, a little bit, you know, would come up. And, and even those storms do not bring as much snow as, as it used to. Hmm. Interesting. So, okay, back to the residency itself. So the, the residency is open to all kinds of creative people. Absolutely. So not just visual artists. Not. So what kind of people are, well, well, it's not like, I guess, like, what kind of people apply, but like, what kind of people are often accepted? Because, well, what started with the residency, which is actually 20 years, we're running the residency program, and we are one of the oldest residency programs in, uh, in Iceland. It started only from the visual artists. But As that, it should. As it should, no, it's definitely it's not. I'm totally kidding. And uh, and it, and the reason was because uh, we had only two rooms here in in our guest house that actually where residency started. So we had only two rooms to offer for the artists. But already in 2002, you know, through the year, we would receive almost 100 requests for the residency program. So that's when we started to see that we have to make residency bigger. We have to open more rooms. And then when we received from a government uh, the house, and then we moved the residence apartment there. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think we started right away from 2004 with a, um, it was eight or, or, or nine rooms, uh, uh, studios. And uh, today, having two apartments and uh, have a lot of place to offer for the artists. And as well, we see that uh, visual artists today, they're not as visual as they used to be, right? Thinking that uh, uh, each artist today is interested and in the music and uh, and looking for sources to get or increase the knowledge in, in a sound and involve the sound uh, performances, right? And, uh, and, uh, and that's why today, uh, every month, we have very different background artists participating in the residency program. We have and writers, we have and the curators, we have even uh, um, 
personnel who works uh, in art institutions or in galleries and they coming here to uh, get to know a local galleries or meet creators or, or build up a friendships and as well we have um, same uh, visual artists who practicing more so we have this very big uh, diversity uh, every month and the artists benefiting out of it wait so like i could just come here and just say like you know what i want to come to this residency just so i can just basically meet people in the community uh if your um project or the reasons are well explained and if you will see that is valuable uh for you and is very important uh, of course we can offer for you to participate in a residency all right because i mean that's one of my big questions is like how are the decisions made on sort of what makes a project yes. up a, a, a quote like quality i'm air quoting like a quality project that you think is worthy of participating because i know it's reasonably subjective but i'm sure there are a certain set of criteria i mean what i'm looking for is like not necessarily even like because you could say like oh this will get you the residency but you kind of can't say that because it won't work but like maybe what are some like miss like bad ideas that people have come up with that it's like okay don't even try applying with this because it's we're not going to accept that it's like you know it's this process is actually so complicated and i think anyone who runs the residency always will tell for you it's just like whenever you start to talk about the uh, selection processes it's always like gives you a great headache actually and not only to read throughout all those uh, uh, project proposals but as well uh, in terms of a diversity of the ideas and the concepts that art is proposing we do not particularly like divide artists on the on the titles or 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 directions where they're going you know we are not seeing like oh no we're gonna accept artists who proposing uh, lgbtq rights for example or 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 uh, you know only those who are in sustainability you know uh it comes a very very, very variety of what artists in general the purpose to come to iceland first why does he really needs to come to iceland right why he wants to stay in our residency which is a great question that a lot of people have difficulty because exactly like, to answer it like what what why you should come there so that i would get into the residency right <laughs> right well i mean because like if i've never been here it would be really hard for me to write a thing saying like i need to be in iceland because of xyz now having been here I feel like oddly enough I probably could write a better application because Absolutely. I have a little bit of better yes. sense of like the things that are important is, and is things like this. What I need. Yeah, so like I mean it feels like like almost like if I wanted to apply for the residency that I almost should come and visit first and have a little bit of a sense of it like the, the city, the community, the culture, whatever before writing an application because I feel like if I had tried to write an application before coming here it would have been horrible. No, I think you always have to try it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, but I've learned so much more about the culture Absolutely. having spent time but here. But you don't maybe you're not in particularly have to come here. Maybe it could be one of the reasons and a lot of artists are actually highlighting this that they really want to get to know the place, right? They want to uh, uh go into the archives, go uh, into the uh, Viking letters and and looking into this 
prior history structure that they want you reflect into it uh, afterwards, you know, which is actually very important for us. Uh, and one of the aims is to having all those residences in Iceland is that later the word about the Iceland and the and and the local culture would be spread wisely around the around the world only by looking and uh, analyzing the local uh, language, uh, culture, traditions as well. What you brought up the idea of like researching stuff like this is this something that you will uh, help to facilitate? So like if if an applicant comes in and says I want to come up and do research on I'm going to be horribly stereotypical and just say like Viking runes or something like this, which I know that's a horrible cliche, but do do you help to facilitate like the uh, access to some of these archives and things like this, or is this still something that falls back on the applicant to to get access to? We send all the data information before the artists uh, arrive, or just as soon as they get accepted. We send all the data information, links, contacts. Uh, to the libraries, um, to the museums, uh, and then artists can start looking into it. And of course, we help for the artists if they need to, in particular, to meet some kind of a person that we could ad uh, advise for, that would probably give the most answers for the artist or support or just to make these connections, you know, to connect the emails, etc. Of course, we are trying to help for artists to found the best and the fastest sources that are needed for the uh, art project research. Yeah, because while it sounds like, oh, one month, three months, lots of time, that's not a lot that's of time. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. The months fly, you know, for me, working in a residence, as I'm saying, you know, one month is like one week. Absolutely. <laughs> and especially, you know, you, you're in a new place. And as if you are for the first time in Iceland, you get you really need to get through this <laughs> weather thing <laughs> what is basically all our lives running always about the weather you know and uh, and just uh, you know being in a new place it's it's totally different dense of the air <laughs> and everything affects you you know if you get in the middle of the summer this bright nights and everything if you're coming in the winter darkness etc etc so only um to get used to the place, to get feel the place. Because when I arrived myself in a residency, luckily I was granted for two month residency. So first month I was just getting into it. I was visiting all the museums, galleries, trying to make a new connections, new collaborations, and basically traveling around just to try to absorb the place, to understand the place. And only on the second month I opened up and I started to produce some art. Speaking of producing art, I, I feel like, and maybe I just haven't been looking well enough or, or been in the right areas, there's not a lot of art supply stores here either. Nothing in Reykjavik downtown, basically. And, and I've only really been in Reykjavik downtown. So. And, uh, and we used to have it a couple of years ago, but of course the influence of the uh, tourism and the high rents, so they could not afford to stay no longer in a, in a downtown area. Uh, but there are several ones and uh, there are and uh, very specific ones, for example, like for the ceramic shops, etc. But then you need just to take either bus or get a cab if you want to uh, to buy a lot of things. Well, I mean, what about like, you know, ordering supplies and things like that? Do you like order from like Utrecht over in Amsterdam or any of these kinds of I places? I usually never recommend for the artists and uh, because very often the end is that you have to pay additional tax on it mm. unless uh, artists can't get the materials, you know, like uh, 
pretty difficult material to get in Iceland is this liquid rubber that uh, uh, it was a wave that everyone was using it for sculpturing and cetera and cetera but for example in Iceland it's basically uh, uh, impossible to get uh, such a material so you definitely then have to ship it or I always advertise uh, for the artists uh, proposing to bring with themselves uh, it's I think even cheaper and you will be 100% sure that you have your materials uh, right from the first day arrival in the residency just to take with you as an additional uh, luggage uh, yeah with the when boarding with the plane and and even sending you know sometimes I, we had the situation artists uh, bef one week uh, before uh, arriving to the residency he sends a huge package you know and then the uh, the package arrives only last week uh, at the end of the residency yeah you know? it's stuck in customs <laughs> because or whatever. Uh, the stuck in customs takes long sends somewhere get lost etc etc so it's always better just to have it with you before arrival already yeah i mean i was living in the middle east and i had an exhibition in new york city and I was like, oh, I'll just ship the, they were prints, they were photographic prints. So I was like, oh, I'll just ship them. I shipped them. They got stuck in customs in California. And I, I don't even know why it went to California. I was shipping it to New York City. So I ended up just getting on a plane with the prints as my carry-on. And there you go, the exhibition's done. But what a pain in the ass that was. And to this day, I never paid the customs for them. As far as I know, they destroyed them. I hope they did anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and it's difficult gets later to declare it as well if there is some... Uh, technical equipment, for example, if you send it here, then they're reviewing, asking all the receipts if it's really yours or, or if you're buying a, a new one, you know. So uh, it is something being and living in Iceland, in Iceland, where everything as well gets shipped and imported. So there are some uh, some challenges. What about like once people produce artwork here, getting it home? Uh, that is something what I always... Uh, as well have to redirect artists because sometimes they applying and uh, which is great and some of them actually succeed with it for example like if it is a canvas and etc you know uh, but maybe then uh, they have to shrink the size for example so let's say if it's ca uh, cannabis they can maybe roll it up and take it with, the with themselves on the way uh, in a plane but for example shipping again out uh, pieces especially if there is a sculpture or ceramics it's uh, incredibly expensive and uh, you never know what you're gonna get at the end <laughs> because if it's gonna ship and cetera you know things might break and and and, and, and mm. such a, uh, difficulties indeed as well all right back to the decision making process yes. you kept mentioning we make these decisions who who are the people like so when somebody submits an application who oversees the decision making process so it's uh, always starts with me i'm uh, overlooking all the applications that they would uh, be uh, fully uh, full applications if it's anything missing or there are some misunderstandings or you know with the websites etc <laughs> uh, so I am the first one to review all the applications and uh, then we have a panel and we sit with our panel together and uh, we overlooking the applicants well and how okay so like and, and a lot of applicate a lot of uh, residency applications say uh, the panel blah 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 how is the panel just sort of constructed or decided upon is it a same panel every year is it differing panels each process you know are they 
um, practitioners? Are they theoreticians? Are like so like what kind of sort of scope of like choices do you all make to create the panels, and do they change? Uh, some uh, some part of the panel is always uh, the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, committee members is uh, our d- directors and uh, as well from SIM board member and we uh, always including some a neutral person in it so it could be either local artists or sometimes it happened that uh, even our alumni who moved uh, to Reykjavik uh, for example after staying in a residency mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's happened as well that we, once we uh, asked to participate in a selection committee all right then i'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty of it like the, the real sort of tangible things so like because i am i'm, I'm a, I don't know maybe a bit of an anxious person nervous person especially when it comes to applications because i don't i never you never know what the other side is actually looking for and so you sort of as an applicant you like you just do your best but you might miss the mark completely. But so like in the hierarchy, I'm, I'm assuming, haven't looked at the particular application, but I'm assuming there's basically like a who, what, where, when, why. So like, why do I want to be there? You know, and then you, I'm sure images have to be submitted, artist statement, CV, you know, any form of bio, all this kind of stuff. I'm always fascinated, like what's the most important thing? Like, what's the first thing that, like, if it's done poorly, you almost don't even look at the rest. For my personal opinion, when I'm uh, doing my selection part uh-huh. of it, I, of course, first I just read the state, the the, uh, the project proposal. Okay. How in, in, in innovative it is, uh, the reasons once again why the artists want to participate in a residency, uh, and. Um, and then, and then you just, of course, look in the quality of the artist uh, background and artist uh, practice as well. What artists have done and what kind of art he produced already. Uh, so very often you're going backwards, uh, looking into the exhibitions that artists have presented. Of course, you're checking and the website, you're checking and the Instagram, or if artists uh, sending yes, Instagram plays a very big role. Does it? And I will tell one secret that very often artists forget that there is a tag on Instagram. <laughs> so that's what you're checking as well. Not only Instagram uh, uh, wall, but you check who tagged the artist. And then you can as well get some really great information data about it. Wow, I'm <laughs> So guys screwed. who are applying, so you got to check it up because... Yeah. Uh, Nobody tags actually, me. <laughs> well, then maybe you're kind of lucky or maybe unlucky because then you see maybe there is a questionable... <laughs> Uh, some some parts of the TV or 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 etc. Yeah, no, my whole life is questionable. It's fine, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there are so many sources that uh, that we actually we, we do check and 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 you have to look into it, right? Sure. Uh, in terms, you you have to look into yes, in the background of the artist, uh, a previous projects or a previous residency that artist was participating in it, and uh, and sometimes happens as well that uh, if there is a high competition for the, let's say, for the same room. For example, as the, this July, we, we, we had a free artist participating in the same room. So maybe sometimes you even need to have a face call 
to make a final decision because and the project proposals were strong and the artist has a background and as an education is high with the PhD artists or, or researchers and then it gets some tension so you have to uh, put even more spend more time to make a final decision okay yeah so let's take that back a step because okay so you have the two separate locations yes when i when i've had discussions with other residency programs they there's the there's the nature of like some residency programs are individual so it's like an a creative person so i'm not going to say necessarily it's an artist so it could be author it could be musician whatever creative person comes and it's really just about them having time space and whatever blah then there are other residency programs that are very much about creating a peer group meeting other people working collaboratively sort of sharing of ideas and this kind of thing where where does this fall where your program fall on that sort of spectrum i would say we're trying to find this golden middle in between (laughs) because the residency is self-directed so we are not creating each artist we don't have a thematical residencies as well so each applicant is selected particularly by only his own concept and uh, and the reasons why he wants to participate in residency program but as well we and our the aim is to have a bigger amount or a greater number of the participants in a residency program during the month so bring this diversity in residency so that the artists already inside viva residency they could have a better networking to build it up, to share the experiences, right? And uh, and um, yes, I think that's the most successful part of the of the of being in residency. First, meeting the other artists, and then and then getting uh, into the local circles, looking for the local uh, networks and and the connections as well. Yeah, because I mean, those two different like they're extreme versions of residencies, but like they serve different purposes in in an yes. artist's career. You know, like so like sometimes like you have a museum exhibition or an upcoming gallery exhibition, then you need the the alone time yes. basically just to finished production kind of thing and sometimes you really want to grow like your your peer group your whatever your 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 connections to other curators or galleries or whatever and so like they 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 serve a different purpose so like it's not like one's better than the other but you know when somebody's choosing to apply it's nice to know sort of what the criteria what the residency has to offer basically because not every residency is clear of what they have to offer. In terms of offering, well, we offering this space for artists as well to like to produce their art uh, art piece or, or 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 amount of artwork if they, as if they describing that they will be producing it right, making ten paintings and and they then think that they really need to make these ten paintings, you know. But uh, whenever we have first introduction meeting, I'm always notifying artists. I'm saying that. Uh, you know, things can change, especially if you are for the first time in a residency, right? You start maybe, oh my God, it's totally different or I already saw something that inspired me and I don't want to do this anymore. I want to change my directions. Of course, go for it. You know, it is a self-directed residency at the end and uh, you want to, to, to make the artist feel great. You want to see a great results and the only great results will come up from this 
high interest or attraction that artist feels when he gets here. So very often, actually, artists, they change their direction while they're staying in residency, you know, or or it happens as well. I'm saying like, well, if it's really something that you want to just go and explore the land at the end, you know, like this incredible landscapes, you know, that artists get inspired of it, you know. And if there is really little time left for you to spend in the studios, you know, don't get better about it, you know. Just rather spend more time for the research, collecting the data for yourself, for your future projects. And whenever you're going to be back home to your own studio, working place, then you can explode it with all the information and, and data that you were capable to collect throughout the month. So there is always an option for changes. And I think artists himself knows the best which direction or to turn well i mean you bring up a good point which is something that i've run into with applications and also talking with other residencies too is like is there any form of a desired outcome or a result that you all request when the application is written because like i've run into other residencies that they say uh, at the end of the residency they expect an exhibition or a workshop with the local community or some some sort of a sort of engagement you know uh, as the culmination of the time is that part of this so what we proposing in our residency uh, program that we create throughout the month uh, we're proposing for artists to participate in artist talk and at the end of the month we have open studios. Uh, both events they are publicly open and artists can choose if they want to participate or not. There are no force for it, right? And uh, But of course everybody participates and everyone wants to be a part of it. But we don't have this that you have to, if you write it in your project once again, like that will, there will be six paintings that I have to make it and we're going to request you to present those six paintings, you know. And of course, we don't ask artists to leave any uh, art pieces or, or something in, instead of being or participating in a residency. Yeah, that's something I've run into as well. So like, yes. well, it depends on your residence. You know, maybe um, what I know from myself and I was doing uh, research about residences and how they are run in other places, uh, often those residencies who are fully granted, uh, they might require some uh, piece of art uh, to be left behind when the yeah. artist part. One of the one of the residencies I did, they their sort of stipulation was basically they paid for everything, and all I had to do was leave them one piece of art, which I was quite fine with. That's that's, I think that's but a fair. I deal. think as well for some artists, it might bring some pressure or stress in it. So that's why as well we think that our events are optional. If artists uh, either don't feel comfortable or once again he had to change his direction and he did not produce this film, you know, uh, because he was basically just f shooting raw all the time and uh, and using it and later decided that he's going to be editing at the end of the month, uh, after the residency when he returns home, you know. So that's released the pressure from the artist and I think the outcomes are always much better. Yeah, it's actually funny. Now that you mentioned that, like at the, the work that I gave to that residency, I did not actually physically produce at the residency. I, like I created the research, we'll call it, or the, the basis of it, went home, made a piece, and then donated it back in retrospect. Like, because they didn't have the any sort of 
um, resources for what I needed. I was, I was a photographer and they didn't have a dark room or a you know, printer or whatever at this time. So like, so I, I took pictures while I was there. Then I left, printed them and then, and then turned around and donated it back. So, yeah, I liked it. I, I have no regrets about it. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm a little sad that they have that piece. Is one I actually really quite like that piece. But, anyways, <laughs> well, but maybe instead of uh, in exchange, you had a great uh, residency program, great time, and you maybe benefit from the connections and networks that you were able to build it up. I did, and not only that, but like the technique that I ended up using there ended up being something I did for the next like five, seven yes. years. So, like, so you know, the the evolution that sort of was encouraged through conversations and things like that while there sort of led me down a path that I did not foresee if I had not gone to that residency. So no, no, great, great benefits. But but that also sort of lends to the, the thing that I'm often wondering about, which is residencies so like when it comes to the residencies like what are the age ranges because like I would imagine in young artists it's it has a certain amount of benefit and you even we'll call it mid-career artists has a different benefit to come to a residency and then of course later career artists again different purposes different outcomes and things like this so like when it comes to your residency in particular what are the general sort of a broad stroke age ranges for it do do you have a lot of younger participants a lot of older a lot of mid-career like what's the range it's a very good question (laughs) and it has a lot of uh, different points first of all uh even though we ask for example in our application form uh um to uh, note an age, which is not obligated. Once again, artists can skip this information, but we asking this only later uh, for our statistics for the data. Right, we, for grants. Uh, yes, that we yeah. have to later present it for our uh, ministries. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never look into the age of the artist when you start to read the art project or it is so obvious how old an artist is when you look at their CV because it tells when they went to school, though. That That's true. You can see through the dates. But the, when I'm opening the application first, I'm going into the project proposal. And uh, because for me, that's the most important part. You know, there could be very young artist who has, let's say, only BA because, by the way, we... Uh, accept artists only who graduated uh, BA or are in the final years of the BA. So let's say only professional artists. Uh, we do though have an exemptions as well for those who are self-thought, but uh, they should present or you can see it from the uh, CV that they're presenting that they have been already recognized and etc. etc. Uh, yes, so get, getting backwards to the to the age and uh, uh, well, there are different aspects as well. Thinking of that, uh, it is a residency fee, so that means that the artist should have a budget to participate in a residency program. And very often, those artists who uh, just graduated, they have very low uh, savings. They didn't have. They probably you know, additional 30, 40 years to uh, live through the life and uh, and have a great budget and maybe bank accounts, etc., or have some businesses build up in between. 
you are being so polite about this, but yeah, young artists but that, are generally but that, poor. But that's, yeah, yeah. So basically, they're the poorest, let's say, right? <laughs> they are. Yeah, and I mean, it's not cheap to do this. I mean, to be able to take a month to three months off from basically your exactly, job. and from your job, and and then you have to have those all additional, uh, you know, the, uh, the budget for it, and you, you have to have this uh, secured budget as well in case what something happens, what's very often happens in Iceland, you know. Or if if you're a young or I would imagine as a young artist, it would be also difficult to get a grant because Absolutely. you don't have the background yes. and the reputation and stuff. Yes. So like, I mean, it's, it's very more challenging and yeah and. But although we have a great number of the of the young artists and participating in residency program and and those who receive actually a lot of grants, so I think it depends on each um, each country and institutions for what they giving priorities to. Either they want to support a emerging artists or they are more into established artists. And but I think today every institution and uh, they pay pay more attention for the to support the young artists who have very low financial budgets. I'll tell you, Europe, you all, and I'm I'm including Scandinavia with this, but like you all are amazing with that kind of support. Yes. In America, like I lived in a city in in North Carolina where like the big grant, the big grant that everybody fought for, five hundred dollars. Well, that's it. And it had to be for purchasing of a product, you know, so like you needed to buy a camera or canvas or whatever. Like they wouldn't let you pay your own salary. They wouldn't let you do travel. Like it, it just didn't, they wouldn't do it. So like in Europe, you all are amazing with your financial supports. And I wish I had come earlier. Quite <laughs> <honestly>. <laughs> like, I'm so sad that it took me until I was like 45 years old to come to Europe yes. and figure this stuff out because like exactly. you all are so good with that. And I, I'm, I'm a little depressed that nobody told me about it at a younger. Had I known how supportive Europe really is for all of these mm -hmm. programs and not just like within individual countries, but like as a community, yes. you know, like traveling Absolutely. between countries yes. and all this kind of stuff, like, God, I wish I'd known that by that like 30 years ago. <laughs> that helps for artists incredibly. You know? It really does. And America does not have that. <laughs> so like, well, then you have somewhere where to grow. <laughs> oh, they have lots Still of it growth is there. <laughs> to do there. Yeah, they are yeah. not supportive of the arts at all in and, comparison. Uh, and uh, if get back to the uh, to the age mm. in the, during the selection processes, so... Uh, once again, it doesn't play the role how are you're very young or you are very uh, experienced artist through the through the years, and uh, that's why you can see a very big age difference uh, each month, which is I think is very uh, beneficial as well. That uh, and maybe uh, artists who. Um, got stuck on his art practice, <laughs> you know, through the many years, right? Running this kind of same kind of conception directions and spending one month or two months uh, sharing this pace and having discussions and talks all the time with the uh, some young artists who maybe are more free on experiencing and, and getting to, to know just uh, a basis or begin, beginning of uh, in their career, you know? So it is very bene beneficial both sides. And from the young uh, emerging artists to get a great, uh, receive a great uh, advice from someone who is very uh, experienced. 
and from the other side like flipping in it. So every month actually we have very different age rates in the residency. What well, you also talked about like the the te- the text the proposal thing. Like uh, there was a, a previous guest on the podcast, Amanda Marchand, who had this amazing sort of way to explain how to write these applications, which, uh, you know, like to this day is still sort of racks in the back of my mind, which is when you write an application like this, basically, you need to write it in a way that explains why me, why now, and why here? That's the main questions that I would say it should be answered in in a project proposal. I know, but I didn't even hear about that until I was like 47 years old. So (laughs) like, but what, I mean, but like that's such a clear way to describe what you should be writing when you write that. Because like, you know, like I grew up in America, we were told to like be a cheerleader, you know, use Latin phrases, like to, you know, put ourselves into the, the artistic canon. Like there are all kinds of bullshit things that are not true anymore. Like that's not what should be done. And when it comes to a residency in particular, it, they, the need for me as an as an applicant to sort of express why me why why am i why do i need to be there why now you know because like yeah i could specifically say i want to come in the summer i want to come in the winter like why that time and like why this time in my career is so important for me to be there like these are things that like it never dawned on me like and maybe maybe i'm just stupid maybe i wasn't paying attention i don't know but those seem like they're very important questions it, it, are these the kinds of things that you look for like having s- solid answers to those questions absolutely yes and what you actually just as well like brought some good um good tips for those who are listening and thinking about applying for the residency i love tips <laughs> so go ahead you yeah, open do- it up yeah uh what I noticed as well, like some artists, they're doing a mistake. They just copy paste a reference from the art critic who has written about the artist and his research practice. So it sounds when you start to read a uh, proposal, uh, it sounds like not the artist itself wants to arrive here, but that someone sends him, right? His uh, curator or someone, right? Because uh, when you read a, a proposal, you really want to start to feel the artist. You want to see his personality. And uh, writing a, as a third person, like she or he, uh, you know, that kind of sort of artist will be, you know, looking this direction, etc. You know, it gets very, like, very confusing. And it is kind of, in a way, very formal. And uh, and kind of like I would say cold in in a cold way, you know. Yes. And uh, so that's why I think Matthew Dole's art practice involves <laughs> exactly. this very. It sounds very arrogant, almost even. Too. Because you can found you know later on when uh, after we went over these first selection steps, right? Later on, still we getting into the data. We checking Google. <laughs> We're reading everything, uh, what's important for us to know or what is the interest or if we need to double check if really artists had exhibition in Paris and Louvre. <laughs> wow, so you, you actually def- like double check some Absolutely, of the- some parts, if you see a very high tips on it in a, in a CV, for example, as well, or uh, in, a, in a project that artists uh, participate or very well-known art projects, you definitely uh, want to check it up on it. 
if the information is correct. Have you ever uh, caught somebody in a lie? Uh, I won't open it up because it's uh, it's a private, but um, yes. And of course, we have to uh, double check that there would not be a spam. Let's don't forget it because the um, application form is uh, open and uh, very often there are false and spams, etc. And, or someone just maybe sometimes wants to make a joke. <laughs> Yeah, they call it so, an, art, an art project yes. to yeah. do a ridiculous application. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to get it through or not. <laughs> I know those so you people. Got, so, you got, so you got to double check. But yeah, definitely when uh, when applying and, and proposing, you know, it's I think it's much more successful to get it through the, uh, through the proposals, through the um, applications. It's just write as you feel. Just show yourself, show your personality as an artist, like... Honestly, and you actually can feel it right away reading just the first couple of lines of it, you know, if artists really is interested in the residency, because there are as well a group of the artists, as I feel that they just open all the open calls, probably what's exist at this moment, you know, uh, they write the same uh, uh, reference from someone that they probably received and they just uh, go for copy paste and then just, you know, I just gonna flow where I will be accepted, right? All right, but I'm gonna push back on that a little bit because as a person who does write those applications, that's very time consuming to do for a hope and a prayer that I will be accepted into something. But that's the role. <laughs> I know, <laughs> that's I know. The that's the cost of it, you know. I'm aware of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because, like, if I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to apply to, like, 10 residencies this year, yes. I would have to go in and research each of those 10 locations, those programs, their previous participants, like, their, uh, you know, objectives, their missions, like, all this kind of stuff, as well as, like you said, like, the community and, like, why, why me, why now, why here kind of thing, like, and then craft a unique written statement to explain exactly what that that takes a lot of energy and it is, time. It is, and, and I feel the, sorry for the artists who really are sending those applications. Yeah. Really cannot accept all of them. But then there is, you know, uh, there is a competition, and uh, well, that's increased as well the quality of the residency and of participants in the residency as well. And I think you grow yourself as an artist you maybe start to understand yourself better, right? Absolutely. And uh, with the time after one year applying for 10 residencies, then you get to know the tips, you get to know the feelings, you know, then uh, it is it is uh, beneficial for yourself to even to try to apply for the residency project. I've heard stories, I'm not going to say who, but I've heard stories that there are residencies. I'm not accusing you of residency of this, but there are residencies in the world that basically like, that you have to apply two or three times before they will even consider you for it because they want to see the tenacity. They want to see the desire. They also want to see that you can take the rejection and then turn around and come back with a better proposal or a more elaborate or more specific or whatever you know changes need to be made. Do you do things like that? Definitely not. <laughs> we are not like uh, flipping towards. Uh, yeah, such there, there's one particular one in like... Scandinavia that like I was literally told by the people like, yes, you must apply for three years. Well, before I think we'll I have heard something, this, but probably that is uh, a residency who uh, provides yeah, and it's, it's fully, a fully funded. So that's yeah, you know funded. that is probably something. Uh, there are different points. Yeah, uh, as I'm saying. Uh, 
all participating artists in our residence they have to pay a fee so we cannot start you know to push artists away you know like and uh, and say sorry you it's only your second time when you're applying for it you know so try for a third time you know and maybe you're gonna g get the chance to pay the residency fee right right and um, and uh, yeah but uh, if there are a residency that uh, provides a lot for the artists and mentor mentorship and uh, and a high uh, quality of the residence in terms of uh, guiding uh, all the time and uh, providing an assistance uh, so uh, probably they have a high numbers of applicants and a high interest. So it could be possible that you really need to work hardly to get into it. And let's don't forget that uh, today the residencies play a very important role in the artist's CV as well. So some artists uh, want to get in a residency only to increase the quality and the value in their artistic practice and uh, and and to have this residency marked in the HCB that they have finished, completed that residency or participated there. I know it's one of the again. This like goes back to like I wish somebody had told me this twenty years ago, <laughs> like because I've been traveling and going and being living in different parts of the world. Like I could have easily done residencies, but like it was it's one of those things like it was never sort of explicitly explained that like residencies are beneficial for your career because of xyz purposes i mean for me i was always just like well residencies look great it's the opportunity to like have time space and potentially money to like just you know do a project but like i didn't need time space or money to do a project so like i, I didn't apply so, like, but now it seems like it's incredibly important Absolutely. in an artistic career to have participated in, in residencies and in some certain residencies. Of, oh well, yeah. There's obviously the higher yes. echelons the of residencies. Indeed. Yeah, but I mean, and of course they're hard to get. But but you have to like start somewhere. So you yes. have to get some residencies to then get to a better residency it to is. then of course get to the ultimate residency. And you know, and your knowledge grows as well after participating in a couple of the residency programs as and well. And your skill level at writing the applications. Absolutely. No. Yeah. and you start to understand it but you know there are as well um because a lot of artists uh, might get disappointed that they are not accepting uh, not being accepted uh, for the residency uh, program but uh, uh, as uh, presenting an institution or the running residency program you know there are so many um side uh, reasons why we might not be able to accept you even though you receive the highest scores or even though your uh, project proposal was uh, incredibly great and uh, interest us but then we have and uh, uh, we have <laughs> I'm sorry I, I'm laughing and making faces at him because I believe that he's, I know what he's trying to say but he's trying to say it really trying politely <laughs> just like no I'm not trying like it's uh, uh, yes, so there are so many reasons why you might not get into the residence, even having the highest scores after the after the re reviewing. You know, it's not uh, very often artists they just think like, oh my god, I won't apply uh, anymore in any residency because I didn't get accepted. It could be, and uh, for example, we have. Uh, a lot of collaborations and the partnerships with the other uh, international artists associations. So that means that the the number of the artists that we can accept that month is shrinked from uh, from twenty to to only eight or nine. You know, 
and uh, because we have to prioritize our exchange programs, right? So it depends as well on which month you are applying. Uh, of course, Iceland summer, uh, it's the most demanding uh, period, but I think it's uh, all around the world because it's a holiday time. If, uh, for example, uh, a lot of teachers, professors, they usually always apply during the uh, during the holiday time, and everybody is on the holidays at this time, right? So, if you are applying artist, and if you see that you can plan your uh, residency time, and you can be flexible with the dates, with the month, I'm always saying that autumn, winter, spring, it's much higher chance that you will be uh, selected or successful with your art proposal, only because there are less interest or into the, um, into the applicants. Totally understandable. Makes sense. Yes. But the thing I was sort of making faces about, because I was like, I was waiting for you to say like, because the the different people might have high marks but we have certain criteria such as race gender like these no, kinds of things like, well because some some funded places have these kinds of criteria that they sort of have to give a certain amount of opportunities to well, ethnic you know gender yes, that's, whatever that's background right. kind that's of correct things. for example the one that i mentioned we received a support uh, from the nordic uh, residencies, mm-hmm. uh, support for the Nordic residencies. And uh, the open call will be only for a uh, Scandinavian countries and Baltic countries. And of course, uh, Iceland uh, is not in the list because the residency is happening here. So depends on what grants are it or from which source the grants are so coming So it's up. available for every Scandinavian country except Iceland except for a grant Iceland. in Iceland. Yes. <laughs> or residency in because Iceland. Because okay. that, that's one of the aims are to invite into Iceland. Okay. But of course, then we're using these budgets uh, uh, and uh, we're going to have and uh, studio visits organized for the local artists. So that's going to be the way for us to invite the local artists and, and the curators to participate in residency program right but i mean the the gender gender geography you know whatever kind of criteria it's it's common especially when you're talking about like being funded like this grant that has paid for this podcast it it, it included some things about like gender quantity of of, of people that i'm talking to things like this like so it, it wouldn't surprise me and i and it's not to me in any way offensive or bad it's just sometimes that's a criteria Mm. So, so you you're saying that you have no criteria no, for no. decision making processes, which any not. sort of and be receiving artists and applications from all around the world. Okay, that's marvelous. Absolutely. I think it's great. Just so everybody is welcome. Like, like my, this grant that paid for this podcast, I had to interview twenty Icelandic creatives. Oh, wow. Like, that was part of the, the grant, and I have to go to Norway and, and, to do and, and, and do twenty Norwegian yes. one as well. So, like, I mean, but that was of my own doing. I that was the application I wrote. So, like, the, but it was my choice. But still, you know, there are criteria that I have to meet. Absolutely. And a lot of times, when we have outside funding, they have strings attached. Oh yes, we got to go through it, <laughs> all of we, us, we all and do. complete it. Oh yeah, I know. absolutely. All right, so let's wrap this up. Any sort of advice for, let's say, people wanting to apply or people wanting to participate or even maybe somebody who wants to work at a residency? So anything that you can give sort of advice to help them out with their careers? Wow. 
How to shrink now? <laughs> you don't have to shrink. Everything you, 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 can, you can take all of it. Go ahead. There are not. Uh, I would not say that it's an advice. It's just I would say just just go for it. And I think that the residencies, especially through the last ten years going backwards, it plays an incredible role for uh, each uh, emerging, especially artist. And uh, and for those artists as well who might be stuck into the uh, research field and they want to get a new inspiration, and uh, we have seen a great changes in a, in an artist only staying for one month. They totally turn to other direction, and uh, because he was able to meet someone who inspired him so badly from the good side that he even started to research absolutely different uh, different sources. Uh, so it is incredibly beneficial for the for the artists. Yes, there are costs of course on it, but like um, with everything else, <laughs> right? And uh, but I think it's incredibly helpful and uh, and needed for the artists to get inspired to keep up with the work and uh, to keep up with a good uh, productive and interesting art pieces and you will you will you won't find a better place to build the new networks it is uh, only through the residencies agreed i look forward to submitting an application <laughs> you're very welcome <laughs> and uh, our open call will be very soon in july for the period january and june so you have one month to prepare your art project proposal. <laughs> I'm, I will get working on that. Thank you very much. Before you go, we would like to thank you for listening all the way to the end of the episode. We would also appreciate it if you would share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, or studio mates, anyone with an interest in the arts and creative industries. The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community both today and in the future is at the core of our mission for this podcast. They can listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014, the audio was edited by Cush Audio Services, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. The Wise Fool Art Podcast is supported in part by an EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway in an effort to work together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic, and Kunst Centrene in Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website, wisefoolpod.com. Thank you.